0: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. (sighs) Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
1: You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord.
0: And others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template... With Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow, or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment.
1: And now, here he is. Dr. History. Good
0: morning, Zeb. My friend Mary, I got to do it right. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas. There <laughs> you, you go. Thank you. Yeah, we had our Christmas last Saturday night with all my kids, and now they'll head home and do their Christmases at home. So yeah, we did our last uh, last Saturday yeah. up at Jake's. Yeah. So we still got some hanging around, and yeah. I think they'll hang around until the food's gone. You've which still is got getting some,
1: close. Uh, You've still got some tinsel hanging on your right ear. Oh, well, somebody <laughs> tried to decorate you. The <laughs> well,
0: Christmas gnome. <laughs> I stood still too long. <laughs> Have yeah. you got some thank yous this I week? do. I do. Uh, Clint up in Washington. He loves the show. He's a truck driver, and he's listened to every single show we've done. No kidding. And he mentioned two people. He said you might know the names. Deb Conhover. Conhover? Oh, heard of Copenhaver. Copenhaver. Yeah. And Tommy Kuntz.
1: Yep. Yep, he said yep, you'd know yep, those guys. I do. I do. Yeah. So uh, Great rodeo cowboys, uh, part of the industry for a long, long time.
0: Okay. And then Dennis up in Oregon, he uh, has an antique uh, restoration business, and he found... You've
1: got hope then.
0: Yes, he You're, can restore me. <laughs> <laughs> he was going through an old desk, and he found some old, old newspapers uh, called the Brownsville Times Paper.
1: No, this is in Oregon.
0: It's in Oregon, but I'm not sure where the brown where the newspaper came from. The old but,
1: Brownsville. I know there's a. Isn't there a Brownsville, Texas? I, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but I I got the impression this is somewhere back east. But oh. anyway, kind of an interesting deal there. But uh, and then Scott uh, he mentioned uh, wondered about. Uh, what our favorite Western movies were, and we, which we have discussed off and on here. A few I, I
1: know I've got top three yeah. that are very meaningful to me. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, anyway, uh, there was another couple, and I forgot to write them down, that are in eastern Montana. Okay. But I'll, I'll have more information on them next time. So All right. Uh, anyway. Well, you didn't give us your favorite Western movie. <sighs> Boy, you know, I don't know, because there's so many of them, you know. I, I, and it's not a Western one, but, you know, The Man from Snowy River is just a good old horse movie.
1: Now, I can tell you a quick story. The director of that movie, Simon Winsor, was also the man that hired me for the voiceover of uh, the movie Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Oh, okay. So I know Simon Winsor. Yeah. What a gentleman.
0: Yeah, anyway, great and That movie. one
1: scene where they're running off that cliff? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you say favorite movie, Western movie, if it's got horses... I like it. Yeah,
1: I've always been partial to Lonesome Dove.
0: Yeah, I know you. Yeah. That's one of your favorites. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about staging, stagecoaching. Oh, really? Or And you'll kind of get what I mean here. Uh, but staging between Missouri and the Great Basin got off to a real slow start, slower than it did in California. Postal authorities had established a mail service of sorts between Independence, Missouri, and Salt Lake City. But it was hit and miss, uh, didn't work very well with no regular service maintained. Mail often arrived at Salt Lake City faster going by ship to California around, uh, South America than it did going overland. Uh, and then they had to come across in the Nevada, Nevada desert to Salt Lake. So, If you think how slow that had to be, uh, but it was actually faster than some of the staging. uh,
1: There had to be a lot of preparation as to setting up the stage depots along the way.
0: Right. And and actually, I'm going to talk more about uh, not so much the stage coaching uh, of passengers as I am more like mail. I see. mail and, oh, okay. and and freight but uh a com- uh, but part of that will be stage coaching with passengers okay so in may of 1849 a uh, hastily formed company calling itself the pioneer line announced that it would begin staging from independence to the pacific by way of salt lake city 2500 miles at a fare of $200 the trip would be made in 70 days on may 8th a large how m- many days 70 Days. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: That is a long from independence
0: time. To, to the west coast. Two and a half months. Yeah. But on May eighth, a large mud wagon heavily loaded with miners started west. A month later, an exhausted and dejected band of once hopeful gold miners helped a tired out team of mules pull the same wagon into Fort Kearney less than three hundred miles from where they'd started. So the miners were helping the mules pull the wagon. Oh, my. Uh, At that rate, it would have taken them about a year to reach California, and then only if they had the strength to hold out pulling the wagon.
1: Mm -hmm. Well,
0: with their arrival at Fort Kearney, the Pioneer line folded up, and a few miners were... $200 poorer and a whole lot wiser, because they'd paid $200 to get there.
1: And they had to do all the work.
0: Yeah, and they didn't make it. They only made it 300 miles out of the 2,500. Wow. So it wouldn't be the last failure of a Western stagecoach company. Uh, Western coaching could uh, prove to be a risky business at best. So, a year later, July 1st, 1850, a contract to carry the Western Mail from Independence to Salt Lake City was awarded to a guy named Samuel Woodson of Missouri, and he was paid $19,500 a year and would be required to make one trip every 30 days, rain or shine or snow, carrying the mail by means of, quote, his own choosing. So, it didn't have to be a stage wagon or coach. Uh, because of the contract's wording, Woodson made little effort to establish a stage service because he could carry the mail cheaper by pack mule and uh, letting travelers find their own way. So he west. had
1: to do this every 30 days?
0: Uh-huh, yeah, from, from Independence to Salt Lake.
1: Okay, okay, so every 30 days. So the turnaround, was it was like 15 out, 15 back? Probably,
0: yeah. Holy Unless no, he had separate uh, teams that would start out. That's what I was wondering. Another team may start out. 30 days later, yeah. while the other team is getting back. so
1: He'd have to.
0: Yeah, because yeah, they'd have to do that, because they couldn't make it in 15 days.
1: No, surely. and then by the time they
0: got there, look how dog-tired they right, would be. Right, right. Well, his contract was issued for a four-year period. Now, keep that guy in mind, Woodson. Okay. So he had the eastern route from Independence to Salt Lake. Okay. Why was that called the Eastern Route? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, to complete mail service to the Pacific, a second contract was award- awarded to a guy named George Shorpenning and Absalom Woodward to carry the mail west from Salt Lake City to Sacramento, California. So that's the western route, okay, from Salt Lake to Sacramento. Okay. So we had uh, Woodson on the eastern end from Independent Salt Lake, Shorpenning and Woodward from Salt Lake, to, okay. to Sacramento, so that would be the west, uh, uh, western end. Well, their contract issued under the name of Woodward & Company uh, paid only $14,000 a year. Uh, compensation so low that uh, Sharpenning and Woodward couldn't even meet expenses, let alone purchase coaches to improve their line. Mm -mm. So their cost of operation was always much higher than was Woodson's on the eastern section. Every item of equipment cost uh, Sharpenning and Woodward the highest possible price because farther out west, it was more expensive for for goods and everything, equipment and animals. Um, Anyway... um, Also, their route included long stretches of waterless desert, as well as the two-mile-high snowbound passes of the Sierras. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the desert of Utah, and Nevada, was a desolate land, a place uh, some said God made only to hold the rest of the world together.
1: This episode
0: is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
1: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here, and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... but Shorpaining and Woodward faced uh, this while building their new stage line, and it was described in a newspaper account written by Horace Greeley quote, If Uncle Sam should ever sell that tract of land for one cent per acre, he will swindle the purchaser outrageously. <laughs> So <laughs> for they, one century, they didn't think it was worth much, and then and then Indians were also troublesome along the, the route west of Salt Lake, yeah, and they caused delays and missed schedules. Now Woodson's route, again on the Easter, uh, uh, yeah, Woodson's route uh, basically already uh, went along the uh, the trail used by mountain men, fur trappers, pioneers along the Platte River, across South Pass to the Wasatch Mountains and Salt Lake City. So they kind of already had a, an established trail, so to speak. But further west, there was no well-blazed trail, only the dim tracks of a few people, a few gold seekers. So there, you didn't have an established route from Salt Lake to Sacramento. Now, did they
1: go over uh,
0: the summit there at Reno? Uh, at uh, Donner Pass? Yeah. Uh, yes. They uh, did? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, at first, your painting in Woodward shows a route north from Salt Lake to the north side of the Raft River Mountains, which right over here by us. Right Deb, over
1: here by us. Yeah. Uh,
0: there, the tra- trail turns southwest over the Goose Creek Mountains uh, through the city of Rocks, uh-huh. uh, which is where the uh, California Trail
1: right. went. And they took that.
0: So, yeah, they took that for a while. Um, Do you know where the California Trail goes from the City of Rocks? I know. The exact locations? I know pretty close to where it went. I mean, I know on a map where it went, yes. Uh, But I have never really actually ridden it. I wonder if a guy could get a horseback and follow that religiously. I think you could follow it a long ways through, um, I think it's called Granite Pass, uh, after you leave the City of Rocks. But uh, anyway, that route didn't seem to work very good for these guys. So uh, what they did, uh, it was too long and it was difficult, so he decided to take a a shorter and easier trail, and this led west from Salt Lake City and then southwest around the southern edge of the Great Salt Lake Desert. Mm -hmm. His new route at that time, better known as the Egan Trail, named for a guy named Major Howard Egan, Continued west to a place called Fish Springs, to Deep Creek Mountains, and across Ruby Valley. You know where Ruby Valley is?
1: Yeah, I was thinking, for instance, they were over by Ely, but they weren't, right? Uh, Down by Ely?
0: I think so. Uh, And then to a place called Gravelly Ford of the Humboldt River, uh, and from there west to the Sierras. So I'm thinking, you know, kind of through Reno and that way. Wow. But uh, anyway, it cut travel. That's not easy travel. No. And it cut traveling time between Salt Lake City and Sacramento by 10 days. So it was a shorter route. Uh, And actually, is almost the same route used by the Overland Stage and the Pony Express. So it it was a better route to go uh, eventually. Mm. Now, the winter of 1851 proved to be disastrous for both. Uh, the eastern and the western routes. In November of 1851, Woodward was mortally wounded by Indians near Gravelly Ford on the Humboldt River while carrying the eastbound mail. So one of the partners was actually carrying the mail. Wow! Uh, his four helpers were all killed. Uh, Woodward struggled on alone for more than a hundred miles to the Deep Creek Mountains, where he died from his wounds. Uh, and that again, that was uh, Shore Penning's partner. Well, his saddlebags were heavy with priority mail. They were emptied onto the ground, leaving the mail to blow across the desert uh before the winter winds. Now, Shore Penning came nearly close uh, as close to death. His pack horse froze to death in the Sierras, and he was forced to walk nearly 300 miles oh my. back to Salt Lake City in the dead of winter. This guy did? Yeah, arriving half frozen and nearly starved. Well, Christmas mail from California never reached Salt Lake City until the following April. You
1: know, think about that, though. They're out there today in that desert are still some of those letters.
0: Yeah, they, they would be, actually, yeah. if they happened to be in a place where they weren't in the rain and the moisture. Yeah. They could be scattered across there. But uh, Woodson encountered the worst storms in memory on his eastern end of the lion uh, line with waist-deep snow in the Wasatch Mountains. Oh, well, you know how the Wasatch Mountains, yeah. they, they get buried. But he had to cash his mail in an ice cave and was barely able to crawl through deep snowdrifts across the windblown peaks into Salt Lake City. How did he ever do that? I don't know. No one had told them it was going to be easy.
1: Well, that's not even close to easy. No,
0: that... I mean... The closest I can come, Zeb, is I have gone snow skiing in the Wasatch Mountains and it is deep, deep snow. Yeah, but you're out there
1: all by yourself. Right. With no help. Yeah. Not the proper clothing. And he
0: went the one guy went three hundred miles. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's just amazing the dedication and the fortitude of these people. What did they eat? Well, that was the thought that went through my mind just now. I imagine they had it Pemmican. It wasn't
1: a seven eleven there, was
0: <laughs> it? They had pemmican maybe or just beef jerky they couldn't have had much to carry because they were carrying the mail. So they couldn't have weighed themselves down. But all the mail companies described, whether strung out along the Pacific coast or struggling somewhere in the emptiness of the Great Basin, no matter how important their company name might be, they were all mail contractors. That was their job. And they may not have owned a single mail coach. Some of them didn't have any wagons or coaches, okay? Uh, carrying the mails, entrusted them by, the, by wagon, pack mule, or even on foot. Their business was delivering the mail by whatever means they could. And none were in the express business, the business of carrying gold dust, you know, heavier things, uh, treasure, securities, or valuables. It was just mail.
1: Families could have sent letters to someone they knew that lived in Reno or out on the West Coast and never, ever heard from them again. Never.
0: Right, exactly. And so, unfortunately, some just figured they probably died somewhere, you know. But uh, if stocks and bonds or other valuables were part of the mail, they were carried but were handled uh, the same as any other mail, stuffed into the same saddlebag or loaded on the same wagon. Uh, on those few lines or sections of lines where a mud wagon or even a concord coach could be used, which was chiefly in California, uh, or a few days' travel either way from Salt Lake City, express mail was dropped into the same mail bag with letter mail and was thrown into the stagecoach, boot, or luggage compartment. Uh, The contractor's business was delivering the mail, not treasure. They didn't mess a lot of times with gold. Oh, my. But with the uh, ever-increasing quantities of gold dust or even silver bullion coming from the camps of the Sierras, And with new mineral discoveries being made in the Unknown Mountains all across the vast Utah territory, you think about the mining, Zeb, all through the western, you know, Colorado, Utah, Idaho, uh, Nevada. I mean, there were tons and tons of uh, silver, gold, and whatever
1: other Something that brought to mind while you were talking about this, in the wintertime, how in the world did these people keep a source of direction in the snow?
0: You know, you had to cross the desert. And you might go in circles. I mean, yeah, you know, you get a, 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 a windstorm, a, you know, anything like that coming across. And they were all by themselves. A lot of times. And they were all out there
1: for, what, two, three weeks at a time?
0: Yeah, yeah. Ooh. But, you know, with all these... Uh, in all these unknown unknown mountains all across Utah, Terry, which then included Nevada, as well as a lot of Idaho, Wyoming, and Colorado. Express companies weren't long in being organized, and few were associated in any way with those first pioneer mail contractors or stagecoach companies. Now, express companies, those that are going to start carrying gold, okay, express companies... Uh, whose business it was to transport gold, silver, and other valuable treasures and guarantee their safe delivery, usually contracted with existing mail contractors or stagecoach companies to carry treasure for them. Okay, The express company would usually furnish a wooden treasure box bound with a strap iron and secured with a large brass padlock to protect the valuables uh, entrusted to them. Later, when large shipments of gold bars or silver bullion were shipped from the mines, they would provide an armed messenger, usually called a shotgun guard. So, folks, we use the term shotgun, but really the term really was messenger. That's uh, the real term they used back then. And he was there to protect the treasure box. So, But the Pioneer Express Company in the West was the Adams & Company uh, California Express. That was the main company wow. right about then.
1: Wow. Adam, I've only got a minute left because i got some commercials, but uh, go ahead. Seb, and, we are I don't gonna think have, you're going to wrap it up. No. Uh, I'd like to hear more about this.
0: Yeah, so we're going to leave it right there with the Adams & Company California Express. And uh, I know what a lot of you are thinking, what about Wells Fargo? Okay, and I'm going to get into Wells Fargo and how they played into this uh, a little later because – Anytime you see a movie or uh, anything, a stagecoach being robbed, it always says Wells Fargo across the top. But that was not necessarily so. Okay. And, and we'll we'll talk about that uh, you know, that's in a couple a, of
1: weeks. I am so interested in how tough these people were.
0: Oh, yeah. And getting, you know, snow blind. You think about... Oh, you know, I never thought about that. Yeah. Snow blind, yeah. freezing, horses freezing. Yeah. You know.
1: And going so, through waist-deep snow? Yeah. 300 miles? Yeah. And, I can't go in waist-deep snow from here to the barn.
0: <laughs> I can't either. I, if I can get out to my car, I'm okay. But, oh, my gosh. Anyway. It's and, amazing. Yeah. And, Zeb, you have a Merry Christmas this next week, and I will, too. And, uh, well, Ken, you've Merry, been Merry
1: you've Christmas. been a real asset to this program with the doctor history segment. We I can't tell you how many times I say, "Gosh, I'm glad we started this years ago."
0: It's been a fun it, fun project. It has Zeb. been,
1: and I'm looking forward to 2022 and you and your family. Uh, oh, I've got to do it right. Merry Christmas
0: and God's blessing, and Merry Christmas to my listeners, all of our listeners out there, Zeb. Thank, thank, thank you. you very much. All right.